Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. And I am excited today. You know, I remember when I was a kid in elementary school that um, we used to go to music class. And in music class, uh, you know, we, we sang songs. What else do you expect from music class? But uh, we sang songs, and one of the songs that we sang as a, as a kid was a song called Home, Home on the Range, uh, where the deer and the antelope play. And, um, and one of the lines in the song goes, where never is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. And it's amazing that I still remember that song from way back then, but... Uh, um, because when I was a kid, it was a really, really long time ago, as my grandkids would tell you. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, that line, we're never as heard a discouraging word. You know, let me just ask you this morning, who has heard an encouraging word this week? Uh, you know, who's been listening to the discouraging words? Let me encourage you, turn off the discouraging words. And, you know, I used to say it this way, God must be home on the range because when you're talking to God and you're listening to God, you're never hearing a discouraging word. And, uh, you know, because God doesn't have anything discouraging to say. And, uh, you know, last week we talked about uh, about prophets and the prophetic ministry and we said that, that uh, um, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. How can you be discouraged when you're hearing something about Jesus? Uh, because there, there is never a discouraging word uh, coming from the Lord towards us. He is always encouraging us, and even, even in times that He is correcting us, He's still encouraging us. He is able to correct us and encourage us at the same time. Because the, the thing is, God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. You know, God believes in you uh, more than anybody else believes in you. He believes in you when you don't believe in yourself. He believes in you when you think you are just, when, when you see yourself as an utter failure, God sees you as, as a blessing, and He sees you as... As doing and fulfilling everything that he's called you to do, and, and and fulfilling his purpose for your life. And today, I'm going to share a word with you that I, I believe is important right now, and in, uh, in this time that we're uh, that we're dealing with worldwide. This is not just an American thing. This is a worldwide thing, and that we're dealing with. And uh, you know, I 
I'm reminded that, uh, you know, something that my pastor, Pastor uh, David Emai, used to say many years ago as, as I sat under his ministry, he used to say one thing God has never said is, uh-oh, I didn't see that coming, you know. God always, you know, there was nothing that took God off guard. The coronavirus did not take God off guard. And let me tell you this, this is what we're going to talk about today, is he saw the end from the beginning. He already dealt with the situation. God saw it from before the foundation of the world. In fact, in Revelation chapter 13, look at this, verse number 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the Lamb, notice what God calls Jesus, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So in the mind of God, Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain before he, he, he was, was sacrificed to pay for our sins before there ever was a sin. He was sacrificed to pay for our sins before the first man, before Adam and Eve were ever created. God already in his mind, he already knew. People say, well, did God know that Adam would sin? Did he know that Adam was going to eat of the fruit of the tree that he told him not to eat of? Yes, he did. And he already knew what he was going to do about it in response to that. Praise God. In his mind, Jesus had already been crucified, had already gone to the cross, and had already paid for your sins before there ever was a sin. Praise God. Isn't that good news that nothing took God off guard? When, when he looked, you know, he is looking and he sees Eve hand that, that, that fruit to Adam. And Adam takes a bite of that. God didn't say, uh-oh, what are we going to do now? How are we going to deal with, what are we going to do now? He told him not to eat of that. He messed up. And what are we going to do now? You know, God wasn't wringing his hands and pulling his hair out because of, uh, of what had just occurred. God had already decided what to do about it. And, and he's, he, he already knew that he would deal with it in Christ, and he already knew when he created Adam and he put him in the garden and he said, don't eat of the fruit of that tree, God already knew that Adam was going to do it and that it was going to cost the life of his son. God knew that and it was a price that he was willing to pay. Praise God. Praise God. He knew that Adam would sin. Now, God also knew from the foundation of the world he already knew that this year would come around, and he already knew what we would face this year. He already knew about coronavirus, and he already knew what kind of effect it was going to have on the world. He already knew what kind of effect it was going to have on your bank account. He already knew what kind of effect it was going to have on your your. Uh, your health and your mental state. He already knew all of that and he dealt with it in Christ. Praise God. You want to know what he did about it? 
We can find it in Isaiah chapter 53. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He, he dealt with it all in Christ right there. Isaiah chapter 46, verse number 10 says this, declaring, talking about God here, declaring the end from the beginning, declaring the end from the beginning. So if he has declared the end from the beginning, I want to go and find out what the end is. If he declared it, the reason he declared it is to, to speak it into existence and to cause it to come to pass. And how many know that everything that God ever spoke, I mean, go back to the account of creation, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let this happen, and it happened. And God said, let that happen, and it happened. Just like he said, everything that God has said, he, he has said it, and he will fulfill every word that he has spoken. Praise God. Praise God. You think, well, God said, God told me I was going to be able to do this, and he told me he was going to bless me in this way, and he was going to provide in this, and God told me to, to do this, and now this has happened. Don't be discouraged. Go back to what God said, because God declared the end from the beginning. You know, I always tell people one of the greatest things that you can have in your life is a vision from God. You can have a vision of uh, of uh, uh, of something that you want to accomplish, something that God has called you to do. And when you have that vision from God in your life, it's better than life insurance. Praise God. Praise God. You know, how many remember when uh, Jesus told his disciples, he said, get into the boat, let's go to the other side. And the, and the disciples got in the boat and they got out in the middle of the sea and the great storm arose and, and, and Jesus was in the bottom of the boat and he was asleep. And um, they had to wake him up uh, because they were fearful for their lives. But do you realize that Jesus said, let's go to the other side. So he expected to go to the other side. The other side was he was trying to plant a vision in them. Did you know that they could not go to the other side and drown in the middle of the sea that night? Both could not be true. Both could not be fulfilled. One or the other. Well, which one's going to be fulfilled? The one Jesus said. Let's go to the other side. That word was fulfilled. Did you know that when, when uh, uh, Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven, he's talking, about, uh, uh, talking with his disciples about the things that are to come. And he, told, he, he starts talking to, to Peter, and he says this. He says, and when you are old... So he essentially told Peter there, he said, you're going to be old. So Peter, he, he knew that he could not be old and die young. Both couldn't be true, one or the other. So therefore, he knew he could be assured he was going to be old. Now let me just say this, God has given me some things to do that he has declared the end from the beginning. There are some things that I have not fulfilled in my life. And let me just uh, uh, encourage you with this word. If you've got things that God has told you to do that you have not fulfilled in your life, 
first of all, get busy working towards fulfilling those things, and then secondly, know that you can't perish in the middle of this storm that we're facing today. You can't perish in the middle of this and fulfill what God's called. You can't do both. Praise God. Praise God. And so, you know, I've got things that God's called me to do, and I can't die right now because I've got things to do yet. Praise God. God declares the end from the beginning. Praise God. Now, Revelation chapter 1, verse number 8, Jesus said this. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus is the beginning and he is the end, praise God. And so when we learn to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, that's what Hebrews chapter 12 verse number 2 says, it says looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, or looking unto Jesus, the beginning and the end. He is in the end just as surely as he was in the beginning. Praise God. He'll be there in the end just as surely as he was in the beginning. And he, is, he has created the end already in advance for you. He has prepared it in advance for you just as surely as he created the beginning. Praise God. We need to get a hold of that and learn to look to Jesus, you know, and, and know that if he is the end and the end doesn't look like what, what your situation and your life might be looking like right now, you see, because he has prepared a victorious end for you. He is not prepared, uh, let's, all, uh, let's all shut ourselves in our houses and die and, and, you know, that's the end. That's not what God has prepared for you. Praise God. He has prepared victory for your life. Hallelujah. See, I don't have to know the whole picture. I don't have to see the whole picture. I don't have to see the whole thing. You know, I've heard people say, well, if I'd seen the whole picture, I wouldn't have done this or I wouldn't have done that. Or, you know, here's what we, we don't have to see the whole picture. But here's what we need to see. We need to see the one who has seen the whole picture. Praise God. Let me repeat that because I, I, want, I want that to stick in your mind. I don't have to see the whole picture. I just have to see the one who has seen the whole picture. I have to see the one who created the picture. I have to see the one who, is, who, who has painted this beautiful picture. I don't have to see the whole picture. I just have to see the one who has seen the whole picture. You know, you take a, uh, a, an artist and they start uh, doing a painting. Many times... Now, I know different people paint different ways, but, but a lot of times an artist, he has the whole picture in his mind before he ever begins to put paint on a canvas. 
And Jesus, he has seen the beginning and he has seen the end. So I don't have to see the whole picture. All I have to see is the one who has seen the whole picture. Praise God. Now, let me ask you this question. Where should you be looking? Where should you be looking? Notice he said here, looking unto Jesus. He tells you where you should be looking. Don't be looking at the circumstances. Don't be looking at the situation. Don't be looking at what's failing. Don't be looking at what's going wrong. Be looking at Jesus. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. That sounds like beginning and end, doesn't it? The author and the finisher, beginning and end. He says, we are to be looking at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. See, we need to look. Here, here's where God dealt with everything that ever needed to be dealt with. God dealt with everything in the cross of Jesus. Looking to Jesus, where did Jesus say it is finished? When did he say that? He said that at the cross. He is the author and the finisher, and the finisher said, it is finished. Praise God. He declared the end from the beginning. He declared the finishing of this picture from the beginning. Praise God. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. So we need to look no further back than the cross of Jesus. Praise God. You see, because it was at the cross of Jesus that I got a new identity. It was at the cross of Jesus that I became a new creature. It was at the cross of Jesus that he dealt with all of my sins, that he dealt with all of my past, that he dealt with all of my failures. It was at the cross of Jesus. I don't need to go back and, and, and dig back further in my history than the cross of Jesus because it was at the cross of Jesus that everything was dealt with. And I don't look, need to look further into the future than the cross of Jesus because at the cross of Jesus, he said, it is finished. Praise God. At the cross was my beginning, and at the cross was my end. That's where it was finished. Praise God. Praise God. You see, there is nothing more than the cross of Jesus. Right there, all of creation, all of everything that God did all came down to that cross and what occurred right there that day. That's where he became sin for me, and I became righteous. Praise God. That's where he bore my sickness and my disease, and I became healthy and whole right there 
where his body was broken. It was right there that he became poor so that I, through his poverty, might become rich, might be abundantly supplied. It was right there at the cross that Jesus dealt with everything. So where should I be looking? At Jesus. At Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. Praise God. Now, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So he has declared that your end is glorious. Praise God. Why is the end glorious? Because Jesus rose from the dead. See, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus' resurrection was the most glorious thing that has ever occurred. And next week, we're coming up on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, as I prefer to say, as I prefer to refer to it as Resurrection Sunday, because it is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and it was the resurrection. You see, I died with him, and I was raised with him. So it wasn't just Jesus' resurrection, but it was my resurrection as well. It wasn't just his resurrection, but it was your resurrection as well. Praise God. And I want to challenge you today. I want to encourage you today. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Look to Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, he who was dead but is alive forevermore. Praise God. He declared the end from the beginning. The end is you are raised up with him to newness of life, and you are alive forevermore. Praise God. Praise God. Now get this. We with unveiled face, he's talking about there is no more uh, veil obstructing our vision. Praise God. With unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. So if his image is glorious, if the resurrected Christ is glorious, what does that say? You're being transformed into the same image. So your future is glorious. God knew. Hallelujah. God knew. Praise God. From glory to glory. Hallelujah. And he didn't say somewhere in the middle, uh-oh, I didn't see that coming. Uh-oh, you know, what do we do now? No, 
He saw it coming, and he still said, you are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. Praise God. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 17 says this, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why can you have boldness in the day of judgment? Why can you have boldness in the day of judgment? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now notice this. Here's what he did not say. He didn't say, as he is, so are we hoping to be. He didn't say, as he is, so shall we be someday in the sweet by and by. He didn't say, as he is, so shall we be when we all get to heaven. That's not what he said. He said, as he is, so are we. Where? In this world. When? Now. So are we. That's a present tense word. So are we in this world. Here, now, at this moment, as he is, so are we. We, God, knew. He saw the end from the beginning, and he declared the end from the beginning. Praise God. Now, now let me ask you some questions. How is he? Go ahead and ask him. Say, Lord, how are you doing today? How are you today? You, know, you ought to ask the Lord that every once in a while. How are you, Lord? Good morning, Lord. How are you today? I think you'll love the answer. If you'll listen and hear the answer, if you'll listen to, the, to what he's saying on the pages of the Word of God, if you'll listen to what Jesus is saying to you, he'll tell you how he is. But when he tells you how he is, he's telling you how you are. Praise God. Praise God. Let me ask you this. Do you think Jesus is afraid right now? Do you think Jesus is fearful of coronavirus right now? I don't think so. I don't think he's worried about it at all. I don't think there has been a fearful thought cross his mind about the coronavirus. Jesus is not afraid of it. Praise God. And so as he is, so are we in this world. Well, Lord, aren't you scared? Aren't you afraid? Of no, he's not. He's not. Because he's not. As he is, so are we in this world. We're looking in the mirror, and we're seeing the glory of the Lord, right? And therefore, we've been transformed into the same image. Praise God. Is he afraid today? No, he's not afraid today. Praise God. So if he's not afraid, why should you be afraid? Because as he is. Begin to declare, say that out of your mouth right now. Say, as he is, so am I right now, this moment, in this place, in this world. I am not afraid because he is not afraid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's another one. Is he sick? Is Jesus sick? 
Don't think so. As he is, so are we. Not when we all get to heaven. Not in the sweet by and by. So are we right now. We are present tense in this world. We are not sick. He is healthy. And therefore, say this after me. Say, I am healthy because he is healthy. And as he is, so am I in this world. Praise God. Get this one. Is he poor? Did the, did the crashing stock market and the crashing economy, did that affect him? Nope. Not in the least. Is Jesus well provided for? Does he have everything he has need of? Think about where, where is he sitting in heavenly places. And the Bible says that you are seated in him, with him, in heavenly places. Praise God. You are seated with him in heavenly places. That's where you are. And he is sitting there and he is not poor. He is not lacking for anything. Praise God. And if he is not lacking for anything as he is, so are we in this world. Praise God. So say this after me. Say, I am provided for abundantly. I am not poor because I am as he is. I am right now in this world as he is. Praise God. Praise God. You see, God has a plan for you. It's a good plan. Praise God. And he, his plan for you is that you experience what Jesus is. Praise God. Now, get this. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse number 11. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, the word thoughts there in the New King James Version, he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I love the New American Standard on this because here's what the New American Standard says. The New American Standard goes beyond that word thoughts and it uses what, what I believe is a better translation of that. And he says, for I know the plans. I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, that's your well-being, praise God, and not for calamity, praise God. God has plans for you and his plans are for your well-being in every aspect of your life. You know, I like this, the Old Testament uh, Hebrew word shalom, which is is that everything, is, it's, it's not just peace as in tranquility, but it is, it is peace as in everything that you have need of it, it is all wrapped up in that word, shalom. Your peace, your well-being, your health, everything is all wrapped up in that word. In the New Testament, we have a Greek word, 
is the word sozo, and I like to call it the all-inclusive word of the gospel because that word sozo is the provision for every single thing that you will ever have need of in life. I actually like to, to say that shalom or, or sozo is the equivalent, the, the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew word shalom. And so, have you been saved? Well, saved means your complete well-being for every aspect, every part of you, everything that touches your life. If you have been saved, Jesus has dealt with it. So God says, I know the plans. He's got a plan for your life, and he says what his plan is not. His plan is not for calamity. His plan is not for your failure. His plan is not for evil. How many know that coronavirus is a pretty evil thing? It is an evil thing. It is definitely an evil thing. But God's plan for your life is not for evil. How many know that going broke is an evil thing? God's plan is not evil for you. His plan is not for you to fail. His plan is not for you to go broke. Praise God. His plan is not for calamity. But His plan is to give you a future can't get to the other side and drown in the middle of the sea. Can't both be true. You can't have a future if you die today, right? Future speaks of another time, another time that is beyond this time, another time that is beyond this moment, another place that is beyond this place, another uh, it, it speaks of something else that is to come. He has a plan for you for a future and a hope is what the new, uh, the new American Standard says. A future and a hope. Praise God. Aren't you glad God knew about today? Praise God. Aren't you glad that God knew that today would come, and that you would need some help today. And so he provided that help in Christ. Look to the help. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Praise God. And then it says this. It says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame, and now he has been raised up and seated at the right hand of the Father. For the joy that was set before him, let me encourage you, begin to see like Jesus saw. You see, the joy that was set before him empowered him to endure the cross, and the joy that is set before you. He is your joy, right? And the joy that has been set before you will empower you to endure whatever it is you're facing today. It will empower you to endure it knowing that there is a future and a hope for you. Praise God. 
Receive courage from that today. Hallelujah. I trust that today you can say, I have heard an encouraging word. Praise God. Receive that encouraging word today. And if you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you that at this moment, Jesus Christ has paid for your sins. It's already been done. It would be the greatest tragedy of all for you then to have to try to pay. It would take... It would take you eternity. You could never pay for your sins. But today, I want to tell you, Jesus has already paid for your sins. It's already an established fact. Praise God. And if you will believe that, he went to the cross. The Bible says he became sin for you. And then he died. When he died, then he was buried. When he died, your sin died with him. When he was buried, your sin was disposed of. But when he rose from the dead, he rose from the dead without your sin. That's why you must believe that Jesus paid for your sins, died on the cross, rose again from the dead. He is now Lord of all. And I want to declare to you right now, that if you will believe that in a moment's time, you can be saved. Say this after me. If you say this, you pray this prayer, you mean what you're saying. If you don't mean it, nothing will happen. But if you believe what you're saying and you mean what you're saying, then in an instant of time, you will be saved. Praise God. Say this with me. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid for my sin, and then he rose again from the dead so that I could have new life. Today, I choose to put my trust in Jesus for my salvation. Thank you, Lord. For saving me. From this moment forward, teach me to know you. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website and we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus and I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love with you.